this is Charles. How are you all doing? It's been crazy, hasn't it? It feels like the year 2020 is a time of turbulence, change, with COVID, with the death of George Floyd, it's one thing after another. What these events have done though, is that they have exposed a couple of illusions about our country in the area of public health and in race relations. For the first time, a definitive majority of Americans believe we have a race problem in our country. And we really messed up our public health response to COVID. And I want to make this clear. I love our country. It's not hating our country to reflect on how we can make it better. That's a very basic human response. And for today, I want to talk about the death of George Floyd. I can't breathe. That became such a rallying cry for so many people. Specifically, I want to talk about how some Christians and conservatives have responded to the protests. For example, Candace Owens on Fox News pushed the view that George Floyd was not a good man. Let's not make him out to be some kind of martyr. He was a criminal, a bad man. The point here is that he's not worth all the protests. His death is a tragedy, but his criminal behavior contributed to his death. It's not worth all the fuss. That view was pushed for a while in the early days of protest. And I can see why some may think this way. It's a very human response to differentiate between good people and bad people and what each deserve. But it is not allowed in Christian mindset. Because that attitude is fundamentally opposed to our faith. It's a worldly way of thinking opposed to the message of the cross. The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the unique message of the gospel, the good news. The cross is for all people, specifically for unrighteous sinners. This verse says it outright. In this world, a few might dare to die for a good person. We might protest for a good person. We might put our necks out to defend good people. That's common sense. That's the worldly mindset. But Christians who profess to follow Jesus, who tries to emulate Jesus in every way, our faith is built on this unique idea that the Son of God sacrificed Himself for unsavory sinners because even criminals are still loved, still worthy in the eyes of God. The Bible says, this is demonstration of God's own love. Agape love, divine love, is unconditional. It does not ask whether you deserve it. That is the power of the gospel that changes everything. I have so much more to say about this. The implications are endless. 
practical applications to life that can bring joy and freedom to your life and my life are powerful and endless. But let's look at another passage today. It is a well-known passage. It's from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other, others, like those robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to the heavens, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What a powerful passage, huh? People think it's a passage about the importance of being humble. And I agree, yes. But this passage goes far beyond that. You see, a tax collector at that time was a state-sanctioned racketeering thug. They made their living by oppressing people with violence to squeeze the last drop out of poor people to collect taxes for the Romans. Their salary was whatever they could get above and beyond what the Romans set for their own tax. That's why this job, the tax collector, is listed here with robbers and evildoers in this passage. They were considered even worse than them because they used violence on their own people on behalf of the Romans, the oppressors. So, this guy is a bad thug. And then, there's the Pharisee. They were the good Christians of their day. They tried to follow all the rules of God. He gives his money away for charitable purposes. He fasts. He's an outstanding member of his community of faith. And he says, Thank God I'm not a thug like that guy over there. I don't want to be evil like that. So, what's up with this passage? The good guy is condemned by God and the thug is justified? How does that work? No wonder the people of God back then had big problems with Jesus. It's teachings like this that got him killed by the Christians of his day, people of faith of his day. So what is Jesus saying here? On what basis is the tax collector justified? I mean, he doesn't say, I will change. I will mend my ways. I will stop being a thug. I will stop hurting and oppressing people. He would have had to change his job. But what kind of job could he get? All his own people hate him with a passion. And he would lose the protection of the Romans. He would probably starve or get beaten up himself. So what choice does he have? He knows he's evil. He knows he's doing evil. He's sorry, but he probably cannot change. That's why he doesn't offer to repent, to change his job, change his life. That's why he can't even look up to the heavens because he can't promise he will stop and change. So, 
on what basis does this tax collector get forgiveness from God? Is it really that all it takes is saying, I'm sorry, forgive me? Now, some Christians think this, but that's what Christian faith is. If you're really sorry, then that's all it takes. That's the message of the cross. Now, that can cause a lot of problems too, though, because you can turn that into a pharisaical attitude too. Thank God I can say I'm sorry. I'm not like those godless secular people who doesn't ask for forgiveness from God. I'm a Christian who asks for forgiveness. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm right with God. Thank you, God. Isn't that the same attitude as the Pharisee in this story? And what about people who keep doing evil, like the priests, who keep abusing children? Is it really all it takes is saying, I'm sorry? How does that work? So this passage demands a deeper look. You see, I believe the key to understanding this passage is in what gets the tax collector to come to God, to come to the temple in the first place. I mean, why is he there? What's he thinking? What is he counting on for forgiveness? He offers no defense of himself. He offers no rationale for his presence before God, for asking for forgiveness. I mean, usually we offer God something. I will repent. I will change. I will pray more. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. I would tithe and serve more at the church. But this tax collector, he doesn't offer any of that. In fact, he does not think he deserves forgiveness. That's why he can't look up to the heavens. But he asks for mercy anyway. So he is asking for unconditional, undeserved forgiveness and grace. Now that is the most fundamental Christian attitude. Relying on God's undeserved grace. That is the essence of the cross. So in fact, he may be the first Christian recorded in the Bible. Because believing in this grace of God that Jesus died for unrighteous sinners like that tax collector, that's what makes us Christian. And if this man actually accepts and feels in his own heart this unconditional, undeserved love and grace towards himself, that will make him softer, don't you think? That will make him more human. It will open up his heart towards grace, towards other people as human beings. Because if he accepts unconditional forgiveness and grace from God in his heart, if he feels that love in his own heart, undeserved love of God, the boundless love of God, he will become bound to others in unconditional grace and mercy. Because it softens the heart. It makes you human. Whereas this Pharisee, he feels he is in good place with God because he is a good man. And he is. He keeps all the Bible commands. He is a Bible-carrying serious evangelical Christian type person in his day but what that leads to is a categorical mindset let me repeat that a categorical mindset a conditional mindset good people deserve good things bad people deserve bad things 
It's so easy to categorize people into good people, bad people, Christian, non-Christian, criminal, law-abiding citizens, godly, godless, black, white, man, woman. And categorical mindset can lead to cold, heartless attitudes towards those who are outside the box. That, I believe, is what leads to evil. The mind somehow allows you to see some people as deserving of bad treatment. Instead of seeing all people as having infinite and unconditional worth, the mind allows oneself, gives oneself excuses to put others down, hurt them. Whenever evil takes place, it's because you don't see the victim's worth for whatever reason. Because you put them in a category. Like what happened in 9-11 in New York. Those people flew those airplanes into towers. Killing so many people. Because in their mind they were doing a service to God. Because they had put all these people in New York in the category of godless infidels that don't deserve life. Such categorical mindset is what leads to evil. The ability to not see the victims as having the worth and dignity no matter what because of God's image in them, because of God's love, because of the cross. So when some Christians, Fox News, Candace Owens, when they say George Floyd was a bad man, he doesn't deserve this outpouring of protest. Let's not act as if he was a martyr. He was not a good man. That is not a Christian mindset. That's a worldly attitude. That's very dangerous. A Christian cannot think this way. Because we are the people who live by unconditional grace. We are people of the cross. We are not righteous, Bible-caring, enforcers of God's laws on earth. We are people of grace, of unconditional love. So we stand up for all people's worth and dignity, even bad people, because Jesus died for the unrighteous sinners. That's our faith. That's the gospel. That's the good news that makes me so happy. That's the message that brings freedom and joy to people. Now, that doesn't mean we excuse bad behavior. Of course not. Behavior has consequences. But we don't equate behavior and consequences with worth. We believe all human beings have unconditional worth. That's God's own love, agape love, divine love. If we can build our life in that faith, it will free us towards life of joy because it will free us to accept ourselves better. Only when, live, when we live by grace we can experience life of grace. That's the kind of life I want for myself and for all of us at the river. So here are some practical suggestions. First, be careful of the thought, I deserve this. Boy, we live in a stressful time. The pandemic is causing all kinds of problems, job problems, health problems, all kinds of problems. What doesn't help is the thought in our head, I deserve. I didn't save enough. I wasn't wise enough. I wasn't careful enough. I'm stupid. 
Why did I do that? Don't go there. Even if our behavior has landed us in a bad place, even if, if we were wiser, we could have been in a better place, it doesn't help to think, I deserve this. It's not Christian. So please fight that, okay? COVID happened. We just need to make the best of it with faith in God's love. Second suggestion, don't think in categorical mindset. Because if we condemn others in categorical ways, we will end up self-condemning ourselves in categorical ways. We will become prisoners of our own thoughts that continually convict us of our own shortcomings. That's a very hard way to live. Let's not be like the Pharisee in this passage. Let's be more like the tax collector, counting on undeserved, unconditional grace and love for our lives. It's not that I'm encouraging us to be violent towards others like the tax collector. You know, behavior has consequences. All I'm saying is, let's have faith. Let's have a mindset of relying on God's uncategorical love, and that will lead to good things. Again, this doesn't mean we accept abuse. We have to extend unconditional worth and acceptance towards ourselves first. We don't just excuse any behavior out there. We are not doormats. But we must strive towards extending God's own love, agape love, to all human beings. This will bring freedom and joy to our lives. Now I'm sure you have questions. Everybody has personal situations. And I intend to offer Zoom meetings to discuss stuff like this, to go more in detail, to address personal examples and questions. So keep a lookout for an announcement as to when uh, these uh, times will help, will happen. Uh, Zoom link will be sent to everyone uh, connected with us at the river. If you are not sure, we have your email, contact mail at rivernyc.org so that we can send you the Zoom link. Finally, let's just acknowledge that there is a race problem in this country because all human beings tend towards categorical mindset and race is just such a powerful way to categorize people. It's just subconscious in so many of us in many instances. So let's fight racism within ourselves and in the society. The Bible says there is no man or woman, Jew or Gentile, free or slave in Christ Jesus. What a powerful declaration. This verse is the quintessential Christian declaration describing God's love as having no categories. So as people of faith, let's fight to make our own hearts and our own country free of racism, misogyny, economic injustice, wherever we find discrimination. Let's fight that because that's fighting for God's kingdom on earth. I'm excited to be in this with you all more on these themes in the coming weeks and today at 11:30, we have a zoom meeting coming up and i want to just invite everyone to join in to this zoom meeting to process uh, some changes happening in our church and uh, some news to share uh, if you are not sure we have your email address please contact mail at rivernyc.org so that we can send you the zoom link Hope to see you all soon. God bless.